Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan, and this podcast is all about helping men to become unstuck in their lives and inspire and encourage them to move forward towards a life of strength, confidence, and inner fulfillment. So without further ado, here is today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to episode number 45 of the Modern Warrior podcast. Today, I've got Samantha Schultz with me. Now, I'm not going to give you a description as to what Samantha does. I'm going to allow her to do that for you. Her work is very unique, very intriguing, and I'm sure you'll find this podcast episode extremely interesting. So stay tuned. Samantha, how are you doing? Great. Thank you. Thanks for that intro. You're very welcome. An honor to have you here. And on that, as I said, I want to allow you to not even give us a title as to the work you do, but maybe to describe the sort of work. <laughs> so let us in on, on, on that, first of all. Thank you. Yeah, so the majority of my work is really based out of this um, philosophy that, you know, to really stop fixing things and to start worshiping things and how that's the portal of transformation and how pleasure really is this doorway and sexual liberation is this doorway to receiving and creating everything we desire. And I kind of always say that the universe is a kinky place and that our problem isn't that we have challenges or that we're facing really tough shit. It's that we don't know how to drive pleasure out of it. And so when you're like crying and wondering why the fuck something really hard is happening to you, um, what I teach my clients is how to realize that that's actually the greatest opportunity in their whole life and how to um, like extract every ounce of pleasure and aliveness from that moment as possible. So um, it kind of infiltrates into like business, sex, relationships, um, body image, like kind of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So that's um, you have, you've, you've just finished a course as you were mentioning to me before we started recording. Will you tell us what that course is called and what it's about? Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, So the course I just launched is Erectile Dysfunction Isn't Real. That's the name of it. And I think it's pretty obvious what it's about. But it's something I'm super passionate about. I've helped a lot of men with this issue. And um, I don't, I think the narrative around it is really defeating. And um, yeah, I just think it's really important. Yeah, it is important because I've been in those situations myself as a, younger man and i know that many other guys have been been so too i work with men on a on a one-to-one basis i mentor them and we have very honest conversations about their their lives their sex life their relationships and a lot of them have found themselves in that difficult situation as well in terms of just not being able to perform in front of a woman and nothing happens And again as i said i can relate because i've been there and and for me the anxiety took over my whole body would just become super tense and I was completely focused on what the on what the woman was thinking or the woman wanted in the situation. So mm-hmm. from your own experience, how have you now 
helped men navigate that that difficulty and almost to enjoy the sexual experience as opposed to perhaps become so anxious about it yeah so i mean there's so many different things um thank you for sharing your experience and what that was like for you and um i believe that every single man will have to deal with it at one point in their life for many different reasons but it could be anxiety it could be religious factors it could be um, shame repressed emotions repressed sexuality heartbreak uh like it could be so many things that are causing it but it's ultimately um a trauma response that's keeping the blood from flowing to your penis to your can i say dick and cough you can say whatever on here <laughs> okay amazing so what i always say and like this might come across as like very harsh but what i always say is like unless there's a specific medical reason like you have a heart or circulation issue you're paralyzed you have a spinal cord or like nerve damage um unless there's like a concrete medical reason why you have erectile dysfunction and every single part of your body works generally pretty great besides your dick. Like that's just not real. And doctors aren't going to tell you that they just want to prescribe you something. They want to be like, Oh, it's normal. It's no big deal. You know, you're 24, take this drug. Lots of other 24 year olds are taking this drug. And what they're not telling you is that you're not broken and that there's actually nothing wrong with you. And that you can even experience erectile dysfunction or have um reach a moment where you're like getting intimate and it's just not happening and you're in your head you're not in your body you're not feeling safe there's so many different things for whatever that specific person is going through and then actually in two minutes of just knowing what to do you can have the hardest cock in the world and have the best sex ever and so there's just like it's not it doesn't have to be real it doesn't have to be something that you settle for and i think the whole mindset of you know, something's wrong with me. I'm going to take this pill and plan it with my partner. I think even that is very telling of like why it happens. And there's so many different paradigms of masculinity that are put on men too, that really affect this. Um, but yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole like, um, medley or buffet of things that I teach to help men move through it. But the main thing is pleasure practice and it's a concept I teach all my clients. It doesn't matter what they've gone through or what they're trying to achieve. The pleasure practice is the tool for achieving it with pleasure. And there's a whole big thing about all that too. Well, you don't have to go all the way into it, but could you give us a yeah. little idea as to what, what the fuck uh, pleasure practice is? To me, uh, you say pleasure practice. I'm going, okay, you're going to masturbate. Uh, and uh, yeah. That's your pleasure practice. Uh, watch some porn, maybe. That's your pleasure practice. It's like, I'm pretty sure that's not what it's about, all about. So please elaborate. Yeah, thank you. Um, so it could be masturbation. It could be watching porn. It could be, um, you know, breast massage, chest massage, um, ball. Like it could be any of those things, but it's also it's anything engaging all of your senses. And so pleasure practice could be lying down on your floor, like listening to music with your eyes closed. It could be, um, massaging your own feet. It could be, um, like pouring hot wax on yourself. It could be like, it could be essentially eating. It could be, um, 
you know, it could, it's just anything that feels pleasurable. It doesn't have to be sexual at all. Um, and it's really dependent on that person's level of safety, comfortability, trauma, whatever they're working on and what they want to achieve. So a pleasure practice is a moment, an intentional moment in time where you're prioritizing pleasure and with this like specific outcome in mind. And it's training your nervous system and your body and your subconscious brain to feel safe receiving pleasure. And so that is huge, whether it comes to sex, masturbation, um, overcoming religious trauma, overcoming sexual abuse, whatever it may be, uh, breakup, relationships, body changes, um, aging, or like even injuries, it could be, it could be around anything. So Mm -hmm. that's the main um, thought behind it. So just kind of going back to the... um erectile dysfunction and the dynamics behind that or or around that like uh, taking my experience for example Mm -hmm. so uh, teenage guy when i was younger didn't have a lot of luck with the ladies had faced a lot of rejections uh didn't really have a great connection with my dad so didn't have someone to go there to to discuss these issues with so i was very much left to my own devices and was completely unaware as to the the feelings that I had associated with those rejections, and obviously, um, mm-hmm. I was very nervous around women as a as a teenager. Um, yeah, my first kiss was horrible. Um, I was, mm. uh, just so so nervous and so anxious about it. Uh, but obviously, poor Gab. more calm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and as as I've mentioned before, I didn't have the sort of outlet of um of sex or this level of engagement with women in, in the real world no like obviously it starts off with when you're younger it's, it's kissing but then it moves on to different levels as you know and eventually you're in the bedroom and things don't work and then you think yeah there's something wrong with me there's something broken in me why can i not perform yeah. obviously i was putting myself under a lot of pressure become became very anxious and didn't feel very safe in those sort of environments and it makes sense this flight or fight uh, sort of mode that just kicked in i don't know where that came from don't know where that came from at the time i have more of an idea as to where it comes from but ultimately you know it wasn't happening in the real world so i'm a teenage guy young man and i've still got a whole lot of testosterone i've still got the sexual energy so i had to find an outlet somewhere else for this and porn became the outlet and it started off with the videos or whatever, but then it did eventually move on to, to webcams. And I was, I would be engaging with a woman on a webcam through these messenger apps and things would be great. It felt safe and I was able to perform and do whatever I want in those situations. But you take that to the bedroom mm-hmm. scenario. It was very, very different. So yeah that's i don't know if that's unique to me in terms of being able to perform on a webcam with a woman who's not physically present um but at the same time i felt so safe and I, yeah and i'd just be interested in hearing your perspective on that in terms of okay um didn't work in in the real life situation where it was actually physical and uh it was um, a proper intimate situation but then when it comes to a webcam with a woman everything is going brilliantly 
So, yeah, what's your perspective on that in terms of where that source from or, or how come the situation in the webcam was so easy and the situation in a real life in a real life bedroom was so difficult? Yeah. Yeah. Um and just like this is quite common. I just want to take a moment. What? Because it's quite common as well. This is going back to the uh what I would call uh epidemic. The uh, the massive <laughs> massive rise of porn over the last couple of years, and again, a lot of men feel safe on a porn site. They're they're not mm-hmm. physically present. They're not being judged, so they can uh, they can do uh-huh. it in their own private situation, in their own private room, bedroom, uh, house, where whatever it is. So yeah, it's become very appealing for for the man because. He's not going to be, excuse me, facing the judgment of, of a woman. He's not going to be scrutinized or potentially scrutinized by the woman. He's, if, mm-hmm. if he has some insecurities about his body, they're not going to be exposed or they're not going to be highlighted. And he's also not going to face the fear of being rejected by the woman. So from my experience, that's four or five things that I could, uh, I can now reflect back on and explain my situation and explain my actions at the time. I'd just be very interested in hearing your perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to take a moment and like acknowledge that version of you and where they were at. Like they're still amazing and they're still worthy of love and they're still like fucking cool. And you know, like there's no, the way I think about everything is let's say someone was in that spot and that's actually all they fucking wanted out of their sexual life what if they never get out of that and what if that's actually all they wanted there's nothing wrong with that like it's just that i know people who have vaginas who have never experienced penetration and they don't want to and that's okay like that this and this what is what comes back to the philosophy of like we're obsessed with trying to fix ourselves and thinking that we're wrong for whatever our experience is because it may not be the story we were sold of how it's supposed to look and how our relationships are supposed to be from Hollywood and religion and culture and just anyone who's not us. And so if that's truly genuinely what someone wants to experience and they don't want anything else, I think that's okay. But I do think most, what? I'll let you finish. Go ahead. Yeah. But I do think that that would be like a tiny minuscule percentage of people. I think most people sexually, we do want to connect in person. We do want to have that skin on skin. We do want to experience that bliss of feeling safe with someone else and having their body on ours and breathing and loving them and feeling that surrender of like, even if they do like just, you know, not being so afraid of the rejection or feeling so loved by them that you don't think they are going to reject you. And I do think the majority of people are in that camp. So, um, the first thing, the first thing when it comes to that experience that you were in is like, you know, that version of you is still worthy of love. That version of you is still amazing. And there's no need for us to categorize it as like wrong. 
but we can use um, where we want to go as like inspiration and associate that with like so much fucking pleasure because as humans, we're always moving away from pain towards pleasure. And so a lot of teachers will be like, look how fat and disgusting you are. And like, they'll use extreme pain to get people to change or take action towards what we deem as being valuable. And, um, but that's part of the whole fucking problem in the first place. That's the kind of mindset that makes you feel afraid of rejection and shamed and not good enough to be witnessed true, like by a partner in person. And so that's, it's like, you're kind of a dog, never like chasing its tail. If that's the kind of method you're going about um, with that. So in terms of moving from, um, moving from that space into a more sexually liberated, you know, you can do whatever you want to with your body and with your sexual energy space. You could be with a partner, you could be online, you could do whatever the fuck you want to move to being able to perform however you want to in person is just reclaiming that safety and reclaiming that rejection. And so when you no longer reject yourself, you're not afraid of anyone else rejecting you. If I were to say that you're an old woman and you're ugly and that you, you know, if I were to call you a grandma, you probably wouldn't be offended by that. Right. Cause there's no part of you that associates being, with being a grandma. But if I call you a limptic loser, you know what I mean? Like it's, everything is just, everything is just what we associate it with. And so when we don't reject any part of ourselves, no one else can reject it. Like it doesn't infiltrate our system. And so we have to make it safe to be scared in front of a partner, to not be turned on, to be in any experience whatsoever, and to be safe and grounded and rooted in your worthiness. And so this, this is kind of why I really emphasize, like, you're not broken, don't fix it, you don't need to fix it, you just worship it. And that's how it actually changes and evolves. And you become so secure and safe in yourself that it doesn't matter what someone says to you, you're, you're so grounded in your worthiness. And it, it really infiltrates every area of life, business, family, um, you know, dating your body. Cause we're going to change. We're going to get old. Like things are going to happen to us. We're going to experience challenges and we're going to try for things and they're not going to work out. And so, um, one way I love to do this is I always connect with like my deathbed self and I always say, I'm going to live to be like 170 years old. And I'm always like, and she's such a sassy bitch whenever I'm like, what does she have to say about this? And she's always telling me like how sexy I am, how amazing I am, how like, you know, when you're old, like you're going to be like, damn, I was so like beautiful. And I just didn't realize. And I personally have been navigating this. Like I got hit by a car while walking in April and, um, I have a back injury that might need surgery. And so I've gained like, I've gained what, like 10 or more pounds and I'm very short. So on me, that looks, I look very different. I've never been this size. And so it's been a, I've been using what I teach (laughs) to feel safe in my body in front of a partner. Um, to be vulnerable in this new body and this new understanding of myself and how I can move and how I am. Um, 
creating that safety of like, I don't reject this version of me. I'm not just waiting until I'm the size I used to be in order to feel valuable, turned on, sexy, um, you know, open for connection and vulnerability. And it's not, it's, it's scary and it's a practice and it's not fucking easy all the time. And so, um, when we don't reject any part of ourselves, we're really setting ourselves up for freedom, for such freedom. And so pleasure practice, what I teach is worship the part of you that you want to reject, like worship the part of you sexually that you want to reject. And when you do that, and because sexual rejection is in our brain, like kind of the highest rejection we can experience because it's a primal thing. We want to be a part of the tribe. We want to procreate. We want to be a part of a family unit. So that way we know we're going to survive. And um, so it's a very like limbic, you know, primal brain thing. So sexual rejection is like the scariest for our nervous system. And so, for example, I had an ex who, I, I had a rabies scare and I developed this like fear of bats. And, so, and um, my ex used to tell me like, I wish you would just get over it. You think the world's out to get you. Like you're so scared. Like he really rejected me and my fear. And like, he was really mean about it. And um, cause he was more in his feminine. And I always held the solid ground and he couldn't handle when I was chaotic and scared because it would throw him off. And so he would just gaslight me about my emotions and be like, no, just get over it, which that's bullshit. But anyway, how I had to move through that was I invited that version of me who's scared of bats, um, who didn't want to go outside at night in the summertime. Cause they'd be flying over my, I didn't want to walk my dog. I was scared and they'd be flying around and I could hear them and see them. And it really freaked me out. Um, how I overcame that and was able to go outside at night <laughs> and walk my dog was I sexually worshipped that version of me who was afraid of bats. And I told her she was worthy. She was beautiful. And she was deserving of, you know, great sex, of being, being in pleasure, being enjoyed, being witnessed, like that version of you. And I didn't reject her. And so this is the this is like the fertile ground for everything because there's body shame. There's religious shame. There's family shame. There's, um, you know, heartbreak, there's money shame. There's so many different things. And so it actually, none of it matters. It just comes back to this one core piece. Interesting. I've got a vision of you, uh, (laughs) standing in a cave, like, uh, that scene at a (laughs) back. When he uh, goes in the cave and he he gets his torchlight and just switches it on, all all the bats come down on top of him. It's like uh, I thought, I thought yeah. that was, I thought that was where you were heading with that story, but uh, so I went no. to, and I took my torchlight and I embraced, <laughs> and yeah, that's that's interesting because that is certainly not the that's certainly not something I would personally advocate to one of my clients for example like i'm all about yeah go where your fear is go where it's uncomfortable and be with the pain sit with the pain uh, allow yourself to process the pain or the trauma that you're going through um i'm curious as to why you sexually worshipped that part of you when the 
rabies scare and bats mm-hmm. had nothing to do with sex or did it <laughs> i'm missing something there yeah well that's like again it's you can use pleasure as transformation for everything so let's say you have a giant fear and it's all nervous system right like if you have shame in any area of your life it's going to come out in a sexual experience you're not going to feel as free with your partner if you're holding shame around your finances you're not going to be as free if you're holding shame around like a parenting thing you did that you feel like really shitty about and then you go to have sex you're just not going to be your most liberated, like creative turned on self. You're not. And so, especially when it comes to something, we feel like a romantic partner might reject in us like a phobia or like a financial situation or, you know, erectile dysfunction or weight gain or whatever it may be, um, or religious differences. When you invite that version of you into being worshipped and even sexually. So a pleasure practice, like you could do a simple, like massaging yourself and just telling yourself it's okay to be in that space. All versions of you are welcomed. All versions of you are loved. All versions of you are worthy of worship, even sexually, because that's honestly the truth. Like when you find like a really amazing partner who sees your power and your potential, and maybe you're going through something they're still going to think of you as incredibly sexy and amazing. And they're still going to like see you for you. It's just us who gets in our own way in our own head and we shut down. And then we find ways to prove that as being true and like maybe start a fight or, you know, try to create some distance because we don't want to look at it. We don't want to address the shame head on. Like you're saying to sit with it. So the highest form of rejection, what feels the scariest, like everything we do in our life is to have sexual attraction and connection. The jobs we have, the titles, the way we dress, the way we cut our hair, the way that we speak, even the, yeah, (laughs) the way that your body language, like subconsciously, the way you do everything is sexual. And so like the way you eat, even like I can watch someone in the way they eat and I can guess how they're having sex. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. Because it's the way that you're engaging your senses. What what did that say? What does that say? Um, Wait, what? (laughs) No, I eat, I eat, I eat nice and slowly. I, I, uh, I taste my food. So, uh, huh interesting interesting uh I, I would i wouldn't like to bump into you in a restaurant i'd be <laughs> hiding myself eating my food <laughs> find out all about my my sexual exploits if she sees me eating this food uh, <laughs> actually behaviors. so yeah that's mm-hmm. and so you believe that well this goes back to a saying that gets thrown around an awful lot that how you do one thing how you mm. is how you do everything so mm-hmm. you believe that how you do one thing is how you behave sexually? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. For example, like our brain, our brain solves problems and a lot of people treat everything in their life and the way that capitalism has conditioned us is that every single thing is a means to an end. 
And that's infiltrated sex. You know, sex is a means to an end for orgasm. So therefore, if your partner can't have, can't get hard, then they're considered worthless. They're rejected, right? Mm -hmm. When you take that out of the equation and it's no longer a means to an end and you don't treat shit in your life like that, you do things from a place of worship or else you don't fucking do it. That's what I teach. Do it from a place of worship or don't fucking bother. Eat your food because it feels like the most amazing thing that your body craves and that you want and really taste it, really be present with yourself in that experience. Or why are you bothering? You know, obviously, like if there's, you know, you have work or you might be traveling or have kit, like there's other factors, but it's just kind of whatever you're practicing. It's everything's a practice in the present moment. So, um, but yeah, when you no longer treat things like a means to an end and you're no longer operating out of that paradigm, like everything changes. And so that really changes with sex too. Then you become more explorative. You do all the weird kinky shit that like, I always tell everyone, like, you don't have to learn how to be kinky. You just have to feel incredibly safe with yourself and with your person. And when you really treat it as like, if this doesn't feel like an opportunity to worship this person and to worship myself, then I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to bother. And to really hold yourself to these like really amazing standards everything in your life and every person. And when you do that and you're in integrity with that, and it opens up so much space where, where you'll just be doing like the craziest positions. You'll be like incorporating all of these things because there's freedom and safety to play creativity. Well, vulnerability is the safety to tell the truth, to be in your truth and to tell the truth. So when you have vulnerability that opens you up to being creative. And so you're going to grab the maple syrup and drip it all over someone's nipples and lick them for 20 minutes because you have the safety and you're not, (laughs) yeah. And you're just not using it as a portal for measuring up to whatever society says you need to be measuring up to. You're not going to be, it's not just a means to an end of like, I'm a good husband because, you know, I made my wife come two times this week, you know, like whatever things that we're trying to achieve you're actually being present and you're actually living. And we're here to, we're creative beings. Like we love having fun. We love playing. We love um, exploring and like having the safety to explore the certainty of that safety with your partner, because you hold such a high standard and integrity around it. And then that safety opens up a tons of creativity and fun. That's the best sex you'll ever experience. Yeah. But we can't do that if we're constantly rejecting ourselves. Mm -hmm. And you also have to find someone who's going to accept that part of you or or accept you completely as well. So that that connection has to be established before you can feel safe. The safety has to uh, be grounded or built on on a connection. And there's a lot of relationships or people in relationships who don't feel safe with their partner and are shutting down parts themselves in order to um, avoid being rejected by their girlfriend or their boyfriend whoever it may be because ought to say this she she's gonna think i'm weird to say this she's gonna she's gonna think that i'm a freak Mm -hmm. so 
you shut down that part of yourself and eventually that part of yourself perhaps dies as well over a period of time and you become this uh yeah sex becomes a means to an end in order to satisfy mm-hmm. your partner the woman and i feel a lot of men are caught in in that realm of uh yeah having to please the woman and not allowing their own th- their own fantasies to be explored or played out because mm-hmm. the, a lot of this goes like i'm in ireland so a lot of this goes back to uh, catholicism and mm-hmm. religious conditioning a lot of fear a lot of guilt associated with with catholicism and i mentioned this to uh i mentioned this this summer on on my podcast a couple of podcasts ago where i think a major turning point for me was when i was 16 17 and around that age my mum found like a a porno magazine or a magazine with those of naked women in it and she took it and and threw it into the fire she was so angry about it so i was like fuck a part of me a part of me went into that fire that day as well and i think that's been yes. something traumatic and something that definitely died within me on that day that i've been trying to um to to, to bring back to life again so yeah religion has a lot to to answer for i feel especially in my generation you know anyone any guy out there that's in their somewhere between 20 to 40 years of age are going to be conditioned with uh, religion from their because this is such a a catholic country and it's very black and white there's there's guilt and there's fear and there's uh a lot of uh yeah sex is is frowned upon sex is is a purpose to to procreate and that's it so yeah that's a very difficult that's that conditioning is very very difficult to break out of and mm-hmm. i've broken free from it but there's still parts of me now that i feel that are, are still attached to the to the conditioning of religion and I'm getting there but yeah as I said, a lot of guys are stuck there. And as I said, this goes back to the relationships that they have with their with their wives or partners at the moment, where they're not allowing themselves to explore their fantasies mm-hmm. because of their Catholic conditioning, because it's 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 wrong to to want to have that sort of uh, a fantasy. You, you can't tell her that that she's going to think you're you're uh, you're weird or that you're a pervert or whatever. So mm-hmm. you keep this to yourself, and it's yeah tragic ultimately yeah because that's what we want for our partner we want to have fun and explore and feel alive and so is that yeah if you're in that sort of situation if there's guys listening who what who what i've just mentioned has sort of hit them pretty hard and go fuck yeah that's Mm -hmm. that's me and that's my life right now i can't be completely open and honest with my with my wife with my partner it's like well is that a matter that you're with the wrong person or that you're not that you're not being completely true to yourself and it's time to just fucking go for it and see what happens and if it doesn't go find someone else who will accept you for who you are completely 100 percent difficult question to answer but because there's so much there's so much in that but 
from your own yeah. perspective, if there is someone out there or someone listening to this who feels within themselves that they're not being true to themselves, they're just sex as a means to an end, sex as a way to, to mm-hmm. uh, satisfy their wife, their partner. Um, it's, it's, it's to procreate, um, but they want more. Where do you go? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I fucking love this question because, and I love, yeah. And this is amazing because this, again, it's a huge opportunity where you don't have to fix, you get to worship this space. Like this is a really exciting space for that person to be in because they can open themselves up to a whole new experience, a whole new world, a whole new relationship. And your mindset heavily, and you talk about mindset a lot, heavily impacts your results in everything. And so when you, when you explore this, if you're in that space right now, and you start to think about things as this is an insanely fun opportunity that already is like half you're halfway there. Cause then you're, you're kind of laying, you're leaving behind that narrative of shame and guilt and you're opening yourself up to fun and pleasure. And so that's where you would start. And the, the second most important thing is that we externalize our sexuality. And I was telling you this before the call, um, we externalize our sexuality just because you may not be having, like, let's say you're single. Like if you're not having sex with a partner, it doesn't mean that you don't have a sex life. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Like our sex life isn't only existence in existing when we're fucking someone else. Like we externalize everything because that's how we're trained and that's how people can manipulate you and shame you. But when you come back to yourself and you allow it to be this like internal exploration, this like fun paradise where it gets to translate into every area of your body, it's a way of being not something you do. So it's like, again, not a means to an end. So when you, when you stop making it external based on your physical appearance, your finances, your relationship structure, your age, your looks, your religion, whatever it may be, and you allow it to be internal, that's when you like really change things. So this is huge also because the masculine like foundation that's kind of um, been laid out across like our whole entire world. Like it doesn't matter what country you're from. Like there's this paradigm of masculinity of like being forceful and really treating yourself like a machine, you know, like you are here to perform a purpose. Like your dick's just supposed to be hard on automatically. You're supposed to want to fuck at any time in any moment with any person. And it's supposed to look a certain way. And it's a very, like, um, it's a very confining expression. And the true masculinity is actually very, like also very feminine balanced and um, attuned to other people's energy and attuned to your own energy, your own heart. And, um, it's more primal. It's like, you know, to be a good hunter or tracker, you had to be quiet. You had to listen. You had to have really good senses and smells. And like, it's not this like forcing, you know, crude energy that we've been programmed with. And so when you break free from that as a man, like if you are dominant masculine, you could be the opposite and that'd be totally fine. You could be dominant feminine and that's totally fine. But if you're dominant masculine 
this is a really good opportunity for you to break free from your, like, I literally call it breaking your cock free from the old masculine paradigm and writing your own story. You're no longer performing. You are the leader. How do you want this experience to go? How do you want to shepherd your experience and guide yourself to sexual liberation and no longer treating everything like it's a fucking, you know, like you're going to be graded on a test. Like, and so when you allow yourself to guide and lead your own self and to have your own relationship with your sexuality and stop externalizing it, you invite someone into that space. So you're inviting your partner into that space with you of, Hey, this is what I've been practicing. This is how I've been treating my body. This is how I want my connection to go. I want to feel really free. I want to worship you. I want to ravish you. I want to spend 20 minutes, like just like marveling at your butt or your like, or let, or whatever, you know, whatever it may be, you invite them into that space and you have to hold the solid ground and erectile dysfunction often happens because you're in fight, um, fight, flight, fawning or freezing because you don't feel safe. And so the antidote to that is pleasure practice and practicing feeling safe with your own sexuality by yourself and reclaiming that. And it's not external. And so you're inviting someone into the space you've shepherded yourself to, that you've leaded, you've led and guided yourself to. And so it's like reclaiming your masculinity and that's really going to affect how you show up in everything. Because if you're out of integrity with that way of being in your work, that's going to affect how you show up to this. If you're out of integrity with any aspect of your life, if you're not leading and taking charge and, um, you know, allowing everything to be swept up externally and to not like be grounded in yourself, then it's going to impact it. And so Um, yeah, creating that space, sharing with your partner, this is what I've been practicing on my own. This is, I want to invite you into this. If you feel safe, if you feel comfortable, and if you don't, that's okay. If you want some time to practice on yourself in your own space, then that's great. I would love to assist you any way possible. I would love to suggest materials that might help you. If you don't want any of that, let me know you're in complete control, like shepherd them through that being your partner and really exploring that space. And again, that's, that's part of the whole process anyway. And if they really can't meet you there and you can't help them feel safe and they just refuse and they're so full of shame, they're so full of judgment, like pretty soon every action isn't going to feel aligned. Like you're going to be in public and maybe there's music on and you want to dance and they're afraid of being judged and they don't want to like, do you really want to live your life that way? And that's why connecting to like that deathbed version of yourself, who's like, they've lived their whole life. They know how the story ends and they see how amazing you are in this moment. And to understand that when you're younger is like so crucial because then you don't waste 10 years trying to get someone to dance with you. Who's never going to dance with you. And like, you're worthy of having the experience you want to have. So owning and honoring that, those are my two favorite words, like owning and honoring your desires and your needs and shepherding yourself and inviting people into your leadership. That's sexy as fuck. Like we, like women want that. We want that like straight women and, you know, and get any woman, but like, you know, we're kind of speaking heteronormatively, um, 
but we fucking want that. Like, and so that's what leads to feeling free to be kinky, to be explorative, to have fun and, um, to just reach those new depths of surrender and release and to be really wild and feel so alive. And I love, I think it's Mark Twain who says like, to not be afraid of death is a man who's experienced like great love, like great love or something like that. Like to have such amazing sex and love that you no longer fear death. Like I, that's kind of my mission. <laughs> that's powerful. I, I really love your deathbed practice. And I think that's something I'm going to actually, I'm going to journal that tomorrow and yeah. speak to my de- deathbed self. And I think that's a really good practice for any listener to do. And understanding yeah. that you will eventually reach that point in your life and you can look back with regret and you look back at these missed opportunities and feel sorry that you that you let them go or yeah are you going to seize the opportunity you have right now and you know not not leave this world with what regrets because yes it's going to be too late not even at your deathbed yeah. but it's going to be too late whatever 30 40 years time you're not going to have these sort of opportunities and Mm-mm. maybe you will with the rise of ai who knows what might happen so but <laughs> as it as it is right now uh yeah you're, you're gonna hit that at that point at some point in your life and yeah how how is your story gonna gonna end or how yeah. when you reflect back in your life are you gonna be happy with with what you with what you achieved and the life you yeah. live are you death gonna- is the ultimate liberator yeah i think about death every day i say that to people sometimes and they're like no what are you thinking about (laughs) i say yeah i i I think about dying every day and that enables me to to live a much better life and enables me to make better decisions that are true to me and not based on someone else not based on society not based on expectations of peers or parents it's like yeah this is my life and yeah someday it will end and it won't matter these people that have their opinions or have their expectations will be perhaps gone before you or it just it won't matter in the end none of this will matter in the end so you may as well have fun while you're here life to me like i don't believe i don't know about you but i don't believe in a in an afterlife or anything like that so i think you get one shot here life is a game and you just need to learn how to play it and you are you're in control you've got the you've got the control pad you've got the joystick so how are you gonna so as i said i think it's really important to contemplate death on a regular basis and that's something i do every morning and i every morning i journal i go to the lake where it's peaceful where it's quiet and i will journal my thoughts and my feelings before I start the day, and that's one thing I do think about is someday you're going to run out of days. So, mm-hmm. how are you going to live this life? How are you going to uh, how are you going to approach this day today? So you squeeze every little bit of juice out of it, um, mm-hmm. so there's nothing left by the time it, by the time it ends. So, and that's an opportunity for everybody. But yeah. again, you're allowing your boss, you're allowing your parents, you're allowing your spouse to attach these puppet strings to you and your moves and your actions, your behaviors are dictated by them, not by you. Yes. So. You know why? Go on. So, well, we're terrified of death 
and we're always moving away from pain to pleasure. So when you're allowing yourself to be distracted and controlled like that, it's because you're deriving pleasure out of not facing the fact of death by being distracted. And when you ask someone to liberate themselves sexually and to face their trauma and to face all of this and to choose the experience they want to have with their finite, you know, infinitely valuable energy and time, that's scary as fuck. So they would rather, you know, not face that, get a pill, go to the doctor, distract themselves, have this shallow, a means to an end dynamic then actually face the fact that this ride does end. And that's the truth that no one wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. And so you have, that's what you're asking people to do when you're asking them to do this work with you. And it's funny because going back to what we said in the beginning, if someone checks in with their deathbed self and they're like, I would be completely happy living my whole life, just having cam sex. And they really mean it. Great. You know, if they want in-person ecstasy, great. If they want to never experience penetration ever, and that's authentic for their, you know, end of life self. Great. Like it doesn't have to look or be like anyone says it does, but to never check in with yourself and to face that fact that's such a waste. And that's what I'm most concerned about getting people to do. And I think, you know, sex is the greatest liberator and so is death. And so I combine both. And that is the portal for everything. Well, I don't know about the listeners, but my mind is certainly blown at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> This has been an explosive episode. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, let's, let's just end it there because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, filled with room of, uh, inspiration and, and, uh, magic. So thank you so much for sharing. And yeah, Samantha. So if one of the guys, one of the listeners wants to, wants to reach out to you, maybe interested in this course yeah. the erects erectile dysfunction course erectile yeah. dysfunction is not real it's uh not where, real. Can, where can they find you yeah thank you so much thanks for having me and um i love to connect with everyone on instagram so it's sammy b love on instagram or i don't have a website anymore i deleted it so it's <laughs> or you can email me at sammy at gmail.com um yeah just instagram well go and check out her instagram and men you can thank me later once you see your instagram so that's yeah. all good <laughs> so thank you thank you sammy thank you, samantha thank you yeah. sam whichever one you want to go with <laughs> it's been uh, an absolute pleasure and uh i'm really grateful for your time and energy and the value yeah. thank you so much it's helped out a lot of guys so mm. appreciate it Thanks for having me. I hope everyone goes out and inserts their standards and worships the fuck out of themselves and their partner and just gets really weird with it and has fun. And 
Yeah. Feels free. Mm -hmm. Nice one. Yeah. So go and get weird, everyone. <laughs>